Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. So today we're super excited because we've got Dr. Corey Block with us. So Dr. Corey is a business strategist and an executive coach. Um he's been featured on CEO magazine, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Mead and many many others. Uh he's been an international speaker, has set up seven businesses. Yes. um consults on several startups so we think he's just like the perfect candidate for <laughs> an interview we'll see so we'll see. it should be an exciting episode so um welcome to the show thank you so much thank you for having me um so why don't we start with your background and the businesses you set sure. up across Europe and Mina seven businesses <laughs> yeah. yes you want to know all seven right okay yes. yeah let's uh, maybe we should do it a little quickly though yeah <laughs> sure okay so i was 23 when i started my first uh my first organization was in third party education okay uh after that we had a need for sound and lighting equipment in the programming that we were doing with education so i bought a bunch of sound and lighting equipment and that gave us an opportunity to rent it out to other um companies and organizations that needed it so we started building money in that way and okay. then okay. i decided oh we're 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 becoming big we're becoming a brand let's start a clothing company so i started this <laughs> like i was i was a little bit full of myself at that time so okay. like anybody who was around me was like oh yeah cory was like he was he was a legend in his own mind yeah <laughs> so that's that was when the momentum ran away with me and i i ended up i I took a bunch of money from my father-in-law and started mm. this clothing company and failed spectacularly. It was horrible. It was absolutely the worst thing. I think I I was in it for like 6 months, got maybe two orders and <laughs> couldn't work out the sourcing or the supplier or the market right. Nothing okay. went right. So I folded oh. in, well, one of the good things that I learned was uh when you know it's not going to go, just close up. Like I don't have a commitment bias right. at okay. all. Mm-hmm. Right? When it's done, shutter, move on. Mhm. Uh so that was very helpful I learned that there. Okay. is just to to end quickly. Mm. I took whatever I could scrape in capital from uh from my my clothing company and ended up starting a media company. So we started doing live event video support and okay. video editing and small commercials and okay. things like that. So we started okay. a media company. This cool. is all where? That was all in Estonia. Estonia. Yeah, okay. I moved over to Estonia with my uh my wife when I was 23. Okay. Uh my ex-wife. Okay. Uh I'm going to get a new wife now. Okay, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm engaged. Congrats. Very happy about that. Oh, okay. awesome. But yeah, my uh my two kids were both born in Estonia. We lived there for 8 years. Oh wow. wow. Yeah, but and that was in oh goodness 98 when we okay. moved over there. So okay. it was the really really innovative time. Mm-hmm. We when we moved over there, there were no shopping centers. There was no supermarket. The first mm-hmm. supermarket was opened while we were there. Oh wow. No yeah, way. so it was like really great. It was a really so fun people go to buy stuff. Oh, like little little shops. Okay. What mm. we would call bakalas in Yemen. Yeah. Okay. They, they okay. had them there. Like grocery Just, stores. Yeah, little grocery yeah. stores, okay, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, little milk bars, right? Would be all over the place. So okay. we would shop from there, the little bread stores and stuff. Mm. Okay. But yeah, so started four companies in Eastern Europe. Uh one of them died in its infancy. Mhm. Uh and we buried it. And it was very sad. <laughs> okay. It was mostly sad for me. Like I was I was probably truly the only person loyal to that brand. Okay mm-hmm. cuz I just thought it was really cool. You what what was it? Customers that you Me got? and the two customers. It was called Level. Levels. Okay. Yeah. The, that's the clothing company. Yeah, the clothing company was called Level. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was and the logo was really cool and I just thought, yeah, well I was like uh, you, you I thought been, you were successful with two businesses. Yeah, so I was 25, be, right? Yeah. Like I was full of yeah. myself and I thought that I couldn't be touched and mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly the market touched me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what happened after the four After that um 
wanted to move into something else, decided to relocate uh, after 9-11, actually. Okay. Uh, I wanted to move into the Middle East to see if I could be more of a positive influence on what was going on wow. in the world. Okay. Yeah, mm. so uh, sold everything mm. again. Because okay. we had sold everything we had in, in Canada to move to Eastern, Eastern Europe yeah. okay. to start these, start these organizations. And we sold everything again, left with whatever we could carry, uh, mm-hmm. went to Canada for a year, and then retooled and moved out to, uh, to Yemen. So we were in Yemen okay. for five years. Wow. And there I did, um, well, I did Arabic studies, first of all, because I wanted to learn Arabic. That's okay. the reason why I actually went. I didn't go to Yemen uh-huh. for business. Nobody goes to Yemen for business, right? Like, <laughs> It's a, it's, it's a bit crazy, but I had met some guy in, in London who was doing consulting for the Ministry of, of Electricity okay. in Yemen. And he said, you have to come. The, the economy is great and the people are so welcoming. There's so many opportunities. And I said, where is that? <laughs> and so he like put it, literally, it on the map. Literally pulls out a map and he goes, okay, it's right here and, you know, next to the, and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know there was anything there. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was just all Saudi. I was super ignorant <laughs> of the Middle East and its geography at that time. So yeah, actually I have to tell you this. So, um, I studied in Canada and, uh, both me and my sister and my sister was in Montreal yeah. and she goes to her landlord and her landlord's like, where are you from? And she's like, Dubai, mm. blank face. Um, <laughs> United Arab Emirates, blank face. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Middle East, blank face. Yeah. And then the landlord says, so not in Canada? <laughs> and oh, she's man. like, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I, I had to educate a lot of people that yeah. in Dubai, people did not ride camels <laughs> and we weren't you know <laughs> bathing in oil and stuff yeah, yeah. but anyway i think that's I, changed I a bit now a bit. i digress it's a yeah it's changed quite a bit now so no, yeah. yemen was so much fun mm-hmm. yeah. like i uh, spent two years learning arabic and then i started working with i worked with the house aid and am group of companies they have like forty-five thousand employees around oh, the wow. world they're a massive company i worked with dome construction and trading mm-hmm. and they do large construction projects around the around the, the gcc mm-hmm. uh, and i worked with zeitgeist holdings to do feasibility research on power and water projects so it was really fun mm-hmm. like i got to do a lot of really great things so what i had intended would just be like two years of learning arabic and living in the desert uh yeah. ended up being five years okay so and nice. then that was fine then of course the war started the civil war started so we relocated and we moved to dubai okay okay, okay. So, and where did you start from in dubai in dubai i started uh i started entrepreneurship for the mm. first time uh doing a startup on behalf of someone else okay so okay. this was yeah a good friend of mine from yemen had a, a conglomerate of investors they put, pulled some money together and they said hey Corey, what do we do with this okay so they're like you've started companies how do we start a company so i said okay great let's start a company so i started actually from yemen this was before the move to Mm. dubai i said Mm. let's register in dubai we'll do general trading we'll we'll start with you know fast moving consumer goods which is where we have our which is our wheelhouse uh, for these guys and their their networks Mm -hmm. so we started in that we did a lot of different kinds of things like uh, fish food and canned goods and Mm -hmm. uh, pulses and spices and all kinds of and great brands really Mm -hmm. really fun it was a really fun project but that was also my landing place when i came to dubai so Mm -hmm. after you know during the civil war when things were kind of falling apart in yemen uh, my friend walid said hey listen why don't you just move your family to dubai you can 
take a visa with the company that you just set up for us. And yeah. I said, oh, that's great. Mm. Yeah. So it became a really soft landing. So I just started to build the company and I was with them for about a year and a half mm-hmm. here until the company had its enough momentum of its own. Uh, we had set up processes and procedures and, and it had its own, its own life. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I could walk away from it, which I did. Okay. So what so, did you appoint? Are you in the company as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So somebody replaced me. Kamal. Okay. okay. Yeah, a guy named Kamal. It was brilliant guy. It was okay. Absolutely lovely gentleman. Okay. So nice. he replaced me in the company and then I moved on and I started another uh, consultancy okay. with an Emirati partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that consultancy failed spectacularly as well. Okay, so that's your second <laughs> failure. Okay. Yes. But yes. I, I still think that uh, five out of seven, it's pretty good. Yes, yes. Good so odds, now, yeah. 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 Now I, uh, I, have, another, I have another consultancy, mm-hmm. uh, which is Paragon, and I have an internal uh, position with Zishay Co. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm still also, I'm a postgraduate professor of strategic management at Monarch School of Business okay. in Switzerland. So those are my three formal roles now. Okay. okay. But my... My company, Paragon, my consultancy company, is a solopreneurship. Okay. So okay. it is intentionally only me. Oh, okay. really? Yes. I have not and will not take an employee. As lean as it can get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But for me, that's really fun. And it's also really, um, it's very high risk, very high reward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's extremely nimble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've, I have the resilience after 20 years of... You know, we're living, oh, I don't live month to month, but I live quarter to quarter like most entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? So 20 years of living living quarter to quarter, you kind of build up that resiliency to, to figure that, you know what, I don't know exactly what's around the corner, but I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So uh, working on my own has, has given me the flexibility of choosing my clients, mm-hmm. choosing my projects, uh, picking the people that I spend my days with, which is so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because now I only do what I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. So, uh, in between all this, you got time to do two masters and then two PhDs. Oh. And yeah, but don't don't be impressed. That's my hobby. So like, oh, don't be impressed. No, I no, just seriously. love to learn. Like, yes, it's, just for fun, you know. That's actually true. So I I went to college for a year. Okay. I did international studies in uh, in Canada. Dropped out after a year because it just wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. Started in business. I started as the as the uh, inventory manager for a window production company. I was there for three years. Okay. Then moved to Estonia to start mm. our companies there. Right. Anyway, yeah, so I decided I would just never go back. And then my friends who were older than me and wiser than me, you know, the Gary V's of my life, okay. would, would come up to me in, in Estonia and say, listen, you really need to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? I'm, you know, we're doing just fine. I'm successful. I've got these organizations and doing great. And they said, no, 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 listen, you need to be able to steward this information mm-hmm. so other people can learn from it. And you need a language for that. And mm-hmm. a master's in business or something is going to give you the language that you need to, to steer the, the, the successes that you've had. Okay. So I was like, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So I decided to, I pursued a master's in global leadership mm-hmm. from uh, Fuller School of Intercultural Studies in Pasadena, in California. Okay. And then after that, uh, while in Yemen, mm-hmm. I pursued a PhD in Arab and Islamic studies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was living in Yemen, right? Because, okay, so yeah. living in Yemen, uh, I was working just fine. Everything is going fine. But all of my friends, all of them, they're all very hardcore staunch muslims mm-hmm. and okay. great wonderful respectable guys but i'm the only white guy in the room i'm probably the only white guy that's ever been in the room mm-hmm. and whenever <laughs> anything religious comes up everybody looks at me and says cory what do you think 
Okay. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because and you're I didn't, the outside. Exactly. And I didn't know what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So I cured my ignorance with a PhD, as you do when that's your hobby, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So I don't watch. We've come across so many people who I don't watch would hockey. Take that route. I don't watch hockey. I don't watch football. I don't collect classic cars. I. You, I do you play video games? No, I don't. I don't play video <laughs> Stop games. Stop playing video games. Don't get a PhD. Uh, my son, my son plays video games. Okay. He's he's really he's 18 now. I have oh, wow. I have an 18 year old child. Wow. And he's off on his own playing video games now. He's, okay. Actually, he's in landscaping. He's he's doing really well. Okay, pushing cool. a lawnmower around, and he's very very happy. Okay. Cool. <laughs> anyway, so, so so yeah, yeah I, you just decided to. So I did. A, I finished my first doctorate at the University of Exeter in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I pursued a master's in business, and then I finished my second doctorate in business administration at Monarch, where I'm a professor now. Okay. Damn and right. and when people introduce you, do you correct them and be like, it's actually Dr. Corey? Well, actually, in German, <laughs> you have to say both doctors. So it's Professor, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Corey. Oh, my God. So is that what you say to people? No, no, no. No, no, Please no, no, no. Please, Please call, call me Professor, professor Dr. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor. No, no. Yeah. Some, most of the time I go by hey or you or dude or guy yeah. or jerk. That guy. <laughs> Sometimes, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Depending on who's, who's yeah. calling me out. Yeah. Cool. Okay. okay. So, uh, so you consult businesses on how to Set improve them themselves. Yes, exactly. So entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship uh, and corporate governance. So I, it's not just a matter of, of helping one company start one entity. I've also helped larger companies start single or multiple ent- entities or restructure their okay. entities. So I did, I did that for, uh, for Blue Rhine group of companies, for Daniel Wellington, okay. Uh, okay. to just design a new uh, governance structure, a new legal mm. structure for them okay. to make sure that they're getting the best out of what's, what's uh, available legally in uh in the gcc okay Okay. so um but you also consult uh solopreneurs entrepreneurs who have a tech idea that need help with setting up the business yeah so most of the calls that i get from entrepreneurs are from guys that have really amazing ideas and no Mm -hmm. business acumen at all okay okay right so you're almost like like their board of part of their board of advisors yep. or something. Okay. Yeah. I'm, okay. Uh, I end up I end up being really cost effective because I'm kind of a one man band yeah. administrative show. Okay. okay. So I can set up the operations processes and HR and finance and uh, manufacturing if necessary, outsourcing okay. if necessary. Okay. So that's uh, I um, and it's very easy for me. Okay. It's, it's fun because I've done it before, right? Yeah. Sure. So it's a it's a wheelhouse. Okay. But I tend to be able to fill in the blanks for whatever people are are missing okay. when they want to get their really good idea into an actual business model. Mm-hmm. So so building operations basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs lack in operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where uh, a lot of businesses tend to yeah, yeah. suffer mm-hmm. because uh, people are excited about the idea but when it comes to execution yeah, they yeah, struggle yeah. Yeah. well passion so, isn't enough these days right yeah. mm. it's, it, it really isn't passion is a major main ingredient mm. yeah. but it's not enough to get your company off the ground okay. yeah and I think uh, operational ex- excellence is the reason that uh, a, a lot of these star- uh, startups are successful yeah mm. uh, if they don't have it then you know your idea might be amazing but yeah, you're going to fail. Or they're, yeah. they're lucky enough to get an angel investor to throw enough money at them that they can cover their weaknesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also happens. True. Yeah. So uh, when you get asked to do these jobs and yeah. then when entrepreneurs call you in to help them out, what do you look at? But what is your starting point? Uh, yeah, what's your starting point? Like, what, what are the things that you... Absolutely. Number one is the USP. What is mm-hmm. your unique selling 
uh, position? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you have that nobody else has? Why is why should I be passionate about what you're doing? Because I'm not okay. I'm not dead. I'm not donating my time. Obviously, I'm getting paid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've earned the right in my career to work with only people that I like and doing mm-hmm. only projects that I enjoy. So I actually want to enjoy whatever product or service it is that I'm developing because I'm I'm putting half of my life yeah. that day into this project why Mm. would i and these moments whatever moments i put into your project i'm never going to get them back yeah right so why would i be passionate about it just and just because somebody else is passionate about it doesn't mean i am too so i'm looking for that i'm looking for the usp and i'm looking for their passion and i'm looking for my passion yeah okay i'm going to challenge the usp thing because if you look at the businesses that have got funding Mm -hmm. um kareem yeah middle east uber yeah uh Yeah. Middle East, Amazon. Um, Talabat, yeah, Middle yeah, yeah. East... Uh, Deliveroo. Deliveroo or whatever. Actually, yeah. no. <laughs> Deliveroo came later. But no, basic- but Deliveroo, Deliveroo was in the UK before it came here. Mm. And okay. Talabat was modeled. Yeah. Uh, Talabat was modeled after Food on Click, I think. Food on Click, yeah. yeah. So, when you talk about USP, these are businesses that either already existed here yeah. and there's a local, you know, setup. Yep. like Kareem because Uber already existed here before or they are copycat businesses. Right. I, I don't want to call them copycat because they did adapt to the market. But, but they but do have USPs. They, 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 like uh, Kareem came in and when Uber was doing credit cards, they were mm-hmm. doing cash and they were localized and they had Arabic content and they had... Yeah, but when... when they they when changed say, their business strategy. Yeah, but when we say USP, you also think that it's like a disruptive idea that... Hasn't it can be done. a small thing. Actually, the USP for uh, for Souk and for Kareem was the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a hold on the market that their major competitors couldn't compete with, so they got absorbed. Yeah, mm. and that's how that's how major companies who want to protect their monopolies that's how they grow. They grow by absorbing people who have a handle on markets that they haven't got a handle on yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they can either go in and compete directly, which is what Uber did, mm-hmm. or Initially, yeah. yeah, Uber went in and competed directly with Kareem. Realized they were never actually going to get that market share that but Kareem Uber had, was had established. To market. Yes, but, but Kareem they, was faster. Yeah, yeah. Kareem so, was faster, and I think uh, the other reason was that because Uber was looking to IPO. Yeah. And uh, Uber was uh, Kareem is not only in Dubai; they yeah. own Pakistan, mm-hmm. they yeah. own the, the a lot of parts of the Middle East. That's where right. Uber wasn't even participating. Yeah. So yeah. they had uh, their USP was definitely and Saudi market penetration. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they they did a really good job. They established themselves in a market that the big players weren't in yet. And the big mm-hmm. players had to make a decision, compete mm-hmm. or absorb. Yeah. yeah. And Amazon absorbed and Uber competed. Mhm. And, and then, then absorbed. And then absorbed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. those are again just two different strategies for dealing with the same challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is uh yeah how do you how do you manage a competitor when you're at market saturation yeah yeah, yeah. okay so usp their passion and your passion yes. is is what S- defines Souk also had uh, other usps like they had their own logistics logistics out. arm yeah. and they had their own payment gateway payford is owned by souk mm. mm. amazon absorbed all that that's so, right so it's not just the like they didn't want the brand souk obviously they they uh, they dismantled that yeah. but they had the logistics <laughs> they that's they had, true yeah, yeah they had true. the the uh, they converted uh, the market and and, and souk went to went through a lot of teething issues before it, mm. it got to a stage that amazon 
would buy it and they yeah. would get another offer from you yeah. know yeah other players as well i mean so so it's partially the technology that Zook had which was their payment processing yeah. it's partially their manpower and logistics network so mm-hmm. okay, those fine. are all usps fine. fair enough, fair <laughs> enough so by usps we don't mean like it's a disruptive company nothing no, like v- it no almost nothing is disruptive anymore right? yeah, yeah like really the ability to to be disruptive I mean, it's very rare. Mm. It's very, it's exceedingly rare. And yet yeah. there's a lot of companies that start up, they, they build, they grow, they grab their market, they have their USP, and then they either sell out or they get absorbed or they close down. They have their life cycles. They live in, and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and some of them grow and just become stable. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So we have great long-term stable family companies in the UAE that haven't really grown much. Mm. in the last 10-15 years and they're very happy with that mm. yeah. it's fine mm. they don't need more yeah mm-hmm. okay um, so can you share a case study of uh, a business that you helped set up and can you talk about that or no uh, I prefer not to talk about my okay. clients no. okay, okay. okay. Let, let's skip that I so, can, so he yeah, just I went through his them. first point which is USPs What's I can talk point? about them anonymously so, for example, one uh, one tech company that came from um, uh, Central Europe mm-hmm. came to establish themselves here. They didn't know how to establish themselves here, and they didn't know how to actually design the company. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't the technology that they had. The technology was great. Mm-hmm. They had everything that they needed, but they couldn't. Uh, they didn't know how to price it for the market. They didn't know how to uh, how to establish the market, and they didn't know how to st- establish operations. So, how do you run an office? How many people do we need in finance? How do we do our books? Yeah. You know, how do you run HR? Well, how many visas do we need? Those mm. kinds of things. Like they just didn't have any of that mm. that competency. So I filled in the gaps for them on that. Uh, I became the first interim CEO mm-hmm. for the company just for six months. Okay. Just enough to design the company, get it going, and then hand it uh, over. And then hand it over and walk away. Okay. okay. So I've done that a few times. Uh, and it was great. The company's still here. They're doing well. And I, I won't tell you who they are because okay. <laughs> that's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, now I'm in that process again. I, uh, one of my executive coaching clients, she's mm. an amazing uh, executive. I've been working with her for a few months. She realized that in her position, she was just unhappy. Mm-hmm. And that what she really wanted, her real actual passion in life, uh, wasn't being managed. Wasn't, she wasn't able to live that out in the role that she was in. And she actually wanted to start her own company. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so me being her executive coach, I said, well, I'll just help you do that. Okay. And yeah. she said, okay, great. So regardless of whatever the company is. Yeah, it's exactly irrelevant. right. So we've been in that process now. So she's got, she's at the place now where she has a full business plan and mm-hmm. she is accrediting herself to uh, to carry out that the the business plan because there are some very specific accreditations that are required mm-hmm. in order to carry that out. So she's getting the accreditations required by the middle of September, uh, end of or end of September. She'll be accredited and she'll have everything that she needs educationally mm-hmm. in order to manage kick that. Off. Yeah, in order to kick off. And so then she's looking at VCs now. Like, okay, you know. So we, I got to the place where she was in this amazing position in an incredible company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where she was talking through her lack of, of um, satisfaction in right. her job, helped her to identify where she would be more satisfied and helped her to realize that that company where she would be more satisfied doesn't yet exist and therefore <laughs> she would have to create it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's, you know, she was very, um, she was nervous in the beginning. She's like, oh, can I do this? Can I do this? Now she's kind of like behind it. She's like, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. This is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So cool. yeah, so it's, that, that's also a really fun process is watching people find their passion yeah. and then uh, helping them to find the confidence to, to give it a shot. Because mm-hmm. cool. it's tough. Giving it a shot 
is tough. Yeah, yeah for, tough, sure. for sure. So as part of being uh, an executive coach to her yeah. and guiding her through this, I mean, this is something that you do because you're a speaker. Yes, right? yes, yeah. So I, uh, I do a lot of public speaking. Okay. Um, I, I don't like that people call it motivational speaking because I don't mm. think I don't like motivation at all. I don't like mm. the idea of motivation, mm. and I also don't I don't think performance management exists. Okay. So we can talk about that later too if you want. But the first <laughs> the first thing that really irritates me is motivation. I think mm. motivation is almost is bullshit. Uh, what really matters in entrepreneurship, especially uh, in in every job that I've ever seen, is not motivation. It's it's discipline. Mm. Okay, motivation gets you to the starting gate. Mm -hmm. but discipline gets you to the finish line because at some point in that job that project that um, company that you're starting whatever it is that you're doing it is not going to be fun yeah and all of the reasons you have for doing it aren't going to matter yeah right? yeah yeah survival is probably not going to matter at some point you're just going to want to like close up and die yeah. i remember those days <laughs> in the beginnings uh, i remember it vividly it is like starting a new company is like having a child yeah mm -hmm. it is two years of sleepless nights and just vomit We're there. We're there. <laughs> it's, just, it's vomit and piss and no one says thank you and there's screaming and it's mostly yours and <laughs> you're always trying to save it from killing itself like yeah. that's it there's two years of just trying to keep it from dying we're four months in you're telling <laughs> us that there's a lot more to this oh yes oh yeah and it gets after, better after two oh years? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, mm. and this is, again, this is average. But you know what? After a couple of years, a company, like a baby, it kind of, it has its own character. Mm. Right. Uh, it can say things and it has its own kind of, and you can leave it alone Story. for a day and it's not going to die. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you, you, can, you can actually leave it. And after five years or so, it's got its own culture and its own meaning and its own narratives and things. And, and if you try as an entrepreneur to control a company after 12 years, then you're yeah. going to find yourself uh, very quickly at the, you know, at the back of the pack. Because you can't control a no, teenager. No, you, you can't. Actually, <laughs> after about 12 to 15 years, the company has its own uh, language, its own way of Momentum. doing things, and it's very difficult then for an entrepreneur to control to, a company to bring mm -hmm. changes. After it's, yeah. yeah, after it's about fifteen years old, because because okay. then the, the the people who are really who are really high up, who've dedicated their lives, all of those people who are dedicating their lives, they're dedicating half of their human experience every day to that particular project. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. there not because it's something other than their life, but because it is in, is it, it is it exactly is, their life, yeah. Yeah. right? It's their yeah. life. So when you mess with that company, you want to take it in a direction because you're bored as an entrepreneur. You want to do this left turn, this right turn. You're going to get real kickback from the people who've dedicated their lives to that project because that's their life you're messing with now, mm -hmm. Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So again, a, a, you know, a, new, a new company after a certain amount of years, I tend to use that metaphor that it'll behave like a child mm -hmm. in the beginning you're trying to keep it from killing itself and then you know the the two-year to ten-year marks are pretty fun you yeah. know there's a lot of games and mm. you know and foosball tables and beanbag chairs and things like that it's really mm. cool uh but then after that you have to as an entrepreneur as a as a, a ceo you have to be able to let go mm. of the direction of the company and allow the people that have dedicated their lives to it to also steer it because it'll have its own life. Yeah. Is that also when you come in to companies because that is potentially the inflection point when mm. companies need to change? Yeah. Like, like, is that something that you do as part of your consulting as of well? Of course. Yeah. But that's not necessarily when the company needs to change. That's when the CEO needs to change. Mm. Okay. So very often people who have started their own companies don't recognize them after 12 to 15 years. Mm. And they're confused about that. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm not confused about that because I've I, I have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and at my, an outside my daughter is fourteen yeah. now. Yeah. She is nothing like she was when she was seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So if I had that expectation that she was going to be stay the same. Yeah, or respond to me the same or as easily controlled as she was when she was seven. No. No, no, no. None of that <laughs> none of that's gonna happen, right? So right. we don't we don't take that in consideration that, that this these companies that we build are actually the sum product of the visions, the personal visions of all of the people that are involved in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? If we have 150 employees after 10 years, that's 150 personal lives mm-hmm. that are dedicated to this economic project. So that's 100, 150 sets of personal goals and 150 personal visions that are yeah. involved in this mm-hmm. and all of them struggling to push and pull and, and move the company in a direction where it's most successful so that each of these people can reach their personal goals. Yeah. Each of them can achieve their personal visions. Yeah. Which yeah. may not have anything to do with the company at all. Hmm. it's like a living breathing absolutely yes it is an entity Mm. Mm -hmm. i don't know i've never thought of business like that like of course yeah it definitely is yeah yeah (laughs) a business is uh the people it's made of that's right yeah Yeah, for sure yeah so i have like so i've worked with the almas oud group in abu dhabi for the last year Mm -hmm. okay almas oud uh they're they're gonna be 50 years old next year they are they're uh, Abu Dhabi trade license number one. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. And okay. when they want leadership and uh, uh, it, when they want leadership for their uh, training for their for their people, they don't call McKinsey. They don't call KPMG. They call Corey. Okay. So, yeah. So I went in and I've been providing training for 120 of their top leaders over the last year. And they're just such a phenomenal company. Mm. Right. But now they're on second generation ownership and yeah. second generation employees. Yeah. Okay. So we've got like uh, one. We've got all, all the all of the board. The entire board is made up of second of the sons of the original three owners. Wow. Okay. So they're second generation. So they're like, yeah, it's our company, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I've we've got also employees who are the sons of original employees. Wow, <laughs> really? that's amazing. Yeah. What got, a legacy. I know. There's people in that company that have taken over their father's jobs when their fathers have retired. Wow. So now my question is. Whose company, Whose company is, is, it? is it? Yeah. yeah. Whose mm. company is it? It is in, It is now a second generation company, both for the employee and for the owner. It is no less the employee's company than it is the owner's company. Mm. Yeah. They've dedicated just as much of their human experience to it, if not more. Yeah. yeah. So yes, the owner has a different role and they have different benefits and they have different responsibilities and they take higher amounts of risk mm-hmm. because of those those benefits and those re- responsibilities. Mm. But it's not, it's not more their company than it is those... Uh, then it is belonging to the people that have dedicated their lives to it mm. sure. in mm. different roles, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Let's go back to the motivation is bullshit. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> no, I got no. tangented. I got no, hijacked. I, do I just that. find it really interesting. <laughs> like if an entrepreneur came to you and said, yeah. I'm really motivated, and there's another entrepreneur that said, I'm really disciplined. Yeah, I'd, I'd tell them to go run a marathon with me. To really prove how... To find out what motivation actually means. Yeah. Because so, endurance is different, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, entrepreneurship requires endurance. When you have made the same... When you get up to make the pitch, right? When you deliver that pitch the first time and you know something went wrong, but you're excited, right? Yeah. And then the next time you get it right. And then the third time you get it right. And then the fifth time you get it right. And then the 12th time you get it right. And then the 30th time you get it right. And then the 50th time you get it right. And mm-hmm. suddenly it's, you, you start realizing that this is an endurance game. Yeah. yeah. 
right? It's definitely you, an endurance. Oh, yeah. 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 But entrepreneurs are really excited and they think their excitement's going to get them to win. It's not. Yeah. Your passion is an ingredient for sure, but your passion enduring is what yeah. actually is going to get you the win. You mm. have to be able to put one foot in front of the other and run an indefinite um, length of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Nobody nobody tells you it, how long is it going to take, right? Mm. A year, 18 months, two years, three years? Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you have to start a race having no idea where the finish line is and having the discipline, not mm. the motivation, yeah. the discipline to be able to continuously put one foot in front of the other and always mm. make progress regardless of how far you've already run mm. yeah. or how far you think that finish line might be. Mm. I think that's the case in most things, right? Like motivation is just the start like yeah. but the discipline is what's going to make you good that's exactly whether right. you want to learn how to play the guitar yeah. or get your master's degree yeah, yeah. or yeah. start a business i mean you need the discipline in any like we could be like this podcast for example yeah. Yeah. we could have just been super excited about it <laughs> done two three episodes and then fizzled out i see that happening to a lot of yeah sure other podcasts who like they start up they do three four episodes six episodes but i mean this thing takes work it, that's right yeah you need to organize equipment people yep. um you know and uh we've the been kind of disciplined with it yeah <laughs> we've, we've been quite disciplined with it all things considered with business work and personal life maybe yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so and and now we're starting like we've crossed um 11 12000 plus listens mm -hmm. and stuff and every now and then we get messages on linkedin and on our instagram yeah. and that's really motivating it yeah. gives us that little bit of a kick yeah, yeah, to continue to be disciplined you well, it's know? Not, yeah. that there, not that there's no value in motivation there is mm -hmm. but that feeling that like oh yeah the get off the couch feeling lasts about 40 seconds okay. that's how long it lasts in your head if you mm -hmm. don't do what you're feeling motivated to do within 40 seconds, chances are you're not going to do it. And not only will you not do it, but your brain will give you a shot of dopamine as a reward for not doing it. Mm. Because that means you're going to not expend calories. You're going to stay in a rested position. You're not going to expose yourself to the risk of the wild world out there. Mm. Yeah. And so your brain is going to protect you by giving you a reward for being lazy. Yeah. Yeah, so this is why procrastination is just so oh, much addictive. fun. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely addictive. Yeah, yeah. It is the yeah. most addictive thing on the planet. Dopamine is the most addictive thing on the planet. When it's synthesized and sold on the street, they call it heroin. Yeah. So mm. now you you get an idea of how incredible this is. Get some this context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's produced in our brains every day. We all produce it. We all consume it every day. Mm. And we consume it uh, for a number of different things. Like when you get a great combination of sugar, fat, and salt all at the same time, like in a Big Mac, mm -hmm. your brain rewards you with dopamine because that is a great source of calories. Yeah. And calories are something that used to be in demand, not in supply. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Up to about 100 years ago, you know, your, your ability to feed yourself was you know is sketchy yeah. yeah you had to work for it you had to yeah. work really hard yeah. and now we have to work really hard to not eat yeah. yes right? for sure but for that's, sure you know we have three hundred thousand years of evolution leading us into this into this place where now our brains are rewarding us for doing things that are unhealthy but yeah. that's the, it's not from a bad place it's from a good place they were actually protecting us yeah mm -hmm. before right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so these things that used to be uh psychological insulators are yeah. now now harmful for us and yeah. the, good, the good news is we can rise above it and yeah. that's why i say that motivation is bullshit and discipline is the only thing that matters because mm -hmm. discipline is the ability to choose what you do in spite of how you feel mm. right right yeah. regardless of how you feel it's all about mindset exactly if you it's, can it's be overcoming 
If yeah. you can just be aware of the decision that you have in front of you, mm. that's step number one. And most mm. people aren't. They're not aware. They just do whatever they feel. And then whatever they feel is is monitored mostly by the reward centers of the brain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever you're going to get oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine for, mm-hmm. yeah. all humans experience happiness in exactly the same way, mm-hmm. right? Regardless of where same you are on chemical. the planet. Exactly the same. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. That's it. That is the chemical formula for happiness. We all have different triggers, but we all experience exactly the same chemical form of mm-hmm. happiness. Yeah. But don't you get a kick out of crossing things off your to-do list as well? Yes. Yeah. So dopamine so, is an achievement drug. Okay. So when you when you when you when get you a, don't do what you set out to achieve, you get a dopamine hit. Correct. And when you do do it, you get a dopamine. That's hit. correct. Yes. So we, I know it's wonderful. The brain is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thing. So we get we get rewarded by the brain for accomplishing something because the need. Okay, so we have this need to do. We have an innate need to accomplish something, mm-hmm. right? Which is why when you go on vacation, you have to like go do touristy things or go swim in the ocean. You can't actually just sit there. Yeah. Very Whoa. difficult. Well, you have to, yeah. <laughs> Which is why meditation retreats, like when you go on a meditation retreat, that's like work. Yeah. yeah. Because you have to fight against your brain's desire to, to do, get something. do something. You're fighting that human instinct mm-hmm. yeah. to accomplish mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. When you do accomplish something, you get a dopamine hit for it. When you avoid something, you also get a dopamine hit for it because then your brain thinks, oh, He's avoided a risk. Or she's avoided a risk. So let's okay. reward her for avoiding the risk of stepping out into the world where she might be hunted and killed, you know? Um, yeah. okay. So then you okay. get a dopamine hit for avoiding the work okay. instead of a dopamine hit for achieving the work. Okay, so <laughs> your advice to people is chase the dopamine hit for yeah. actually doing the work. Yes, and yep. you can build these neural pathways in your brain. You can hack yourself. We are mm. wonderful machines. Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. And so you can actually choose a source of dopamine that's healthy for you. Mm. Okay. So if you have those, you'll say you're sitting on the couch. But it's that choice that's... That's right. Mm. But that is a new thing. The prefrontal cortex that gives us that ability to choose, the willpower mm-hmm. to choose over and above what we feel, that's a fairly new part of the brain from, yeah. from an evolutionary standpoint. Okay. It's, it developed more recently. Right. And every generation that goes by, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So our ability to choose what we do in spite of how we feel is becoming stronger, Mm -hmm. which is great. So as soon as you're aware of the decision that's in front of you, you can make a choice. You can override the the systems of of reward Mm -hmm. and you can choose where you get your reward from. Hmm. And your brain will give you a dopamine hit for doing it. Not only will it give you a dopamine hit for accomplishing what you've accomplished, but also for making a choice that was a natural. So oh, when you make okay. when you made that choice, you'll feel proud of yourself, mm. okay. right? That pride is a dopamine hit. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So you can become addicted to achieving, which is right. I think I think that it was in the five a.m. club or something like that. I remember stealing fire or five a.m. I think mm. yeah. uh, you can actually become addicted to achieving things, even mm. just little things. It's interesting that you have to consciously make that <laughs> choice. Yeah. Um, and that, that the prefrontal cortex yes. is is a newly developed part of your brain. But there is this thing about it takes twenty one days to form a habit. So yes, how does yeah. that? come into play again our, our brains are malleable right so we can reprogram mm. ourselves for example um when i when you started watching this podcast you didn't have a dr cory block neuron in your head mm. <laughs> but over the course of the last half an hour or so that was formed in your head mm. and now you're you're building a pattern where you will recognize me uh uh, in relation to other people that you've met or other Canadians or other people that have lived in Yemen or other consultants or other entrepreneurs and you'll start building a web of meaning around that term, Corey mm. Block. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so literally I'm in your head right now. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I freaky. wasn't. I yeah. wasn't when we started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're creating these neural pathways. And then mm. three days from now, five days from now, maybe you'll remember my name. If somebody says Corey Block, suddenly you'll you'll see my face. And you'll form you'll remember those one of the things that I said and you'll form those patterns. So the things will start firing in your head. Mm. Yeah. Electricity will start going off. So we can actually create neural pathways in our heads. We can, we do it all the time anyway. Yeah. So if we do it intentionally, that gives us that power, mm. right? To change our behavior. So 21 days is kind of a rule of thumb for creating a new habit. Yeah. Uh, and what it is basically is just shifting your brain from choosing one source of dopamine to another source of dopamine. Mm-hmm. So rather than choosing the lazy source or the Big Mac source, let's choose the gym source. Because mm-hmm. you do get a source of, you do get a habit of dopamine from going to the gym. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it's exactly the same chemical, just as addictive, just as wonderful mm-hmm. as yeah. you get from getting from a Big Mac. Now, the, the challenge is you have to overcome the convenience of the Big Mac as a source yeah. of dopamine because it's very easy to get dopamine from a Big Mac because it doesn't take any energy. Yeah, mm. You don't have to actually lift anything. You don't have to <laughs> get off the couch. You can just tell about that Big Mac right over yeah, to you. Yeah, right? exactly. And so just sitting there, not expending any energy and not risking exposure to the world, yeah. uh, you can get a great source of sugar, fat, and salt all at the same time delivered to you in 20 minutes. I really like, want that. Big oh, I know. Mac it's like now. a miracle. <laughs> yeah, man. So really, you can I'm imagine. Should like, mm, we order a Big Mac tonight? If you want to, if you want to train your brain to uh, to seek a different source of that same dopamine. Yeah. Right. And especially a source that requires energy, requires risk, exposes you to the world, and expends your your hard stored calories. Yeah. Uh, you have to make a conscious choice to do that. Mm. The good mm-hmm. news is, if you consistently make that conscious choice over a period of about 21 days, your brain will learn. And it will just con- it will start to achieve dopamine from a new source, and it will just slowly stay over there, so that you'll become naturally choosing that dopamine more, source. More yeah, to yeah. That, so yeah. you know that people, uh, you've heard of people getting addicted to the gym. Yeah, yes. right. Okay, so and I like used runners to hate those high people. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I really hate runners. Actually, really? <laughs> yeah, because the way people talk about running, it's like it's just running. Like, calm down. <laughs> You know, like, and and I'm sorry, I know you said you do CrossFit, but runners and CrossFit people are like very cultish, you know? It's true, yes. Yeah, CrossFit people, we're we're not runners and we're not lifters. We can lift more than runners and we can run further than lifters. So that's about... It's, yeah. We're just somewhere in between, yeah, but we are, are a bit These are cultish. the reasons why I really enjoy talking to oh, people who do CrossFit. Yeah, but uh, CrossFit is—I I like it. I like it. I'm not a—I'm yeah. not a culty CrossFit guy. Okay. I go every day, but because I enjoy not only the dopamine that comes from actually achieving the exercise, but also the oxytocin. Because mm-hmm. okay. we're very good at building community. It is a bit cultish, right? <laughs> it is very it like really community. You, you just yeah. go every day and. Uh, and yeah, I go. Yeah, yeah I go. Yeah. I go every day. But yeah. it's um, it, it is. It's not just the achievement of actually of exercising, but exercising around people that are cheering for you, and that yeah. you're, you're cheering for them, and you kind of know them, and you know your regulars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get oxytocin from it too, and you get serotonin as well when mm. people honor you mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for something that you've achieved that you've never achieved before. If you mm-hmm. get a, a good max or you get a good time on something, yeah. and you're proud of yourself, and other people are proud of you, you get serotonin for that. Mm-hmm. So it's a very it's a good source of of dopamine, serotonin. And oxytocin at the same time mm-hmm. and that if you'll remember is the chemical formula for happiness okay mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. interesting but that's why people get addicted to it is because it is a regular predictable source of all three chemicals that compose human happiness wow. okay 
Yeah. Yeah. So this is like an advertising <laughs> advertisement yeah. for CrossFit. Oh, CrossFit. Join CRG. CrossFit. Yeah. You will be happy. <laughs> well, what what the makes secret to human happiness? What makes uh, it's collective CrossFit. exercise? If I don't mean not individual, like if you just go to the, to the gym and work out yeah. all by yourself, you'll get the dopamine hit from that. But you're mm. and you'll get the endorphins that come, like the painkillers. Endorphins mm. are painkillers. Mm. Yeah. It's our body's way of saying, hey, don't feel this now. Uh, yeah. tomorrow you yeah will you'll suffer. feel it tomorrow <laughs> two days from now that's when you're really gonna feel yeah, it right yeah, when yeah. you when you stand up out of bed and you can't walk yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when the endorphins have worn off right yeah. like <laughs> so anyway uh yeah but you'll you'll get the dopamine hit but you won't get the same oxytocin and serotonin you would from doing a collective exercise yeah, yeah. like running or zumba or yoga or something like yeah. that if you're mm. with people that you like then you'll get serotonin and oxytocin at the same time and yeah. that's a much more powerful source of happiness than a big mm. mac because yeah. a Big Mac doesn't connect you with anyone. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're sitting across the table lovingly eating a Big Mac with someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah. can also happen. Unless you I'm sorry. split it in yeah, half I, and you share, you, made, you gaze I at each other. I would never share a Big Mac. Never. Okay. That is my Big Mac. Okay. I am super territorial about my not, fries not, too. Not with the yeah. new fiance as well. No. No, okay. definitely not. She didn't have her own Big Mac. <laughs> you yeah. worked hard for that Big That's Mac. That's right. That is yeah. mine. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna put that many calories into my body and be proud of it, is I'm gonna. You might as well go all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Have the whole thing. That's yeah, exactly. It. I I work out not because I I don't need to be. I'm not an athlete. I'm a consultant, so I know who I am. Mm. <laughs> I, I know that. Mm. It's fine. I work out because I, I want the right to eat and drink what I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And that that right is slowly slipping away from me as time creeps. Yeah. In, right? Yeah. 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 I'm the old merits now, of so. getting older, yeah, yeah it's literally yeah. hitting me hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, met- your metabolism drops sharply when you're 30, drops sharply again when you're 40, and I've heard that it comes again when you're 50, but I'm a few years away from that yet. I'm not really. Okay, wow. Well, yeah. you tell us then. Yeah, uh, we're miles away. <laughs> <laughs> well, not as far away as I would like, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think this has uh, been a very different episode for us because. Oh, okay. Uh, good. Uh, different good or different bad? Different good. Different, different bad. good. You know, <laughs> it's one of those words. Like I had a friend in Estonia tell me one time. She said, she said, I, I she said, what, did, what do you think about this? And I said, it's interesting. She said, interesting is what English speakers say when they don't like something and they're trying to be polite. <laughs> I think so different, you think different? Is yeah, like I that? think different is probably one of those. It's an equivocation. No. So if I'm saying different, I'm always meaning that it's good. All you right. know? Well, like, you have to say that. We're on air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So different good for sure. All right. Um, so generally our audience is entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. some VCs and stuff that are looking at tips on how to start their business. And, you know, you've done this with seven businesses and helping businesses, but the interesting thing is that we've talked a lot about the mindset of the entrepreneur, um, through the motivation is bullshit thing. So I think Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that, that's a nice new way of looking at things and I think entrepreneurs need a lot of grit, right? To wake up yes, every single day absolutely. and to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I yeah. think train your mind to endure. Hack your mind. Hack your Hack mind. your brain. Yes. Yeah. And set your expectations mm. on a long game. Yeah. Okay. Expect to be giving that pitch a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. it won't surprise you when you actually do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. All right, guys, on that note, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Dr. Dr. Corey. Dr. <laughs> no, it's, uh, what is it? There's one it's more thing Professor before Dr. that. It's Professor Dr. Dr. Corey. Professor Dr. Dr. 
So um, uh, yeah. So yeah. thank thank you for being on the podcast. My pleasure, uh, guys. This podcast is available on all the podcast uh, platforms. Uh, we're on Anchor as well, so you can leave us a voice note if you want, and uh, we'll try to include it in a future episode. Um, leave us a review; it really helps us out, and it helps uh, you know iTunes know that this podcast is people are listening to it, so mm-hmm. it'll recommend it to more people. And um, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave us a like, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment, and I think that's Keep all the has- plugging. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just before that, we leave links to Dr. Corey's LinkedIn, uh, Paragon Consulting, yeah. um, and, and Zisha and Co. And, yeah. and uh, Dr. Corey also has his own podcast called Businesses Personal. So yes. we leave a link to that as also. So check it out yep. and keep on hustling. <laughs> <laughs>